Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. A huge part of healthcare care that you provide is the connection with the patient. Yeah. Is understanding their background, uh, giving them reassurance, giving them guidance, um, listening to them. Um, so AI um, maybe can help you assist in diagnosis, but it will not be able to replace that human connection. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you today with Manoj Agarwal. Manoj is a thought leader in artificial intelligence with over 15 years of experience and four patents to his name. He's worked with clients like Microsoft and IBM. He's spoken at the UN alongside the Secretary General and Nobel Peace Prize winner, and his work has also been mentioned by President Obama and Bill Gates. I thought Manoj would be the perfect guest today to chat about artificial intelligence and its impact in healthcare and how it's disrupting healthcare and how we could use it for good and further how we could help healthcare providers minimize their burnout risk through artificial intelligence as well. So you don't want to miss this episode. Grab your drink of choice and join us. Hi, Manoj. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. I'm honored you're here. I know that you are quite the thought leader in artificial intelligence, which I know has been around a long time, but is all the hype right now. It seems like everywhere I look, everywhere I turn, everything I read, it's just I'm bombarded by it. So it was great timing for you to be on my show. So thanks for being here and spending the time. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, basically, my journey has been a journey of technology. So I have uh, been in the technology space for about 30 years. And, uh, you know, I've worked with uh, hundreds of startups building their technology. So I run a consulting company called Tetranodal Technologies. So my company has helped uh, hundreds of startups build their technology, bring it to market. We have uh, worked with Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft and IBM. Pearson Education, 
our software technologies that we have built, uh, it has impacted over 10 million lives and it has produced about $500 million in value. And uh, today I'm considered one of the leading experts in the field of artificial intelligence. I have four patents in AI and I'm an author of two technical books. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and my journey sort of started in a, in a very sort of humble uh, background. I used to work in a factory for $2 a day, working six days a week, 12 hours a day. And so, yeah, I mean, um, I wanted to change my life. I wanted to do something different. And now at this point in my career, obviously, I want to use AI to make more impact, but also encourage other people to pursue their dreams and, uh, you know, fulfill their their full potential. In terms of the, the lives you've impacted, because, uh, you know, this is a podcast for healthcare and healthcare providers. So have you been involved in the healthcare yeah, um, space yeah. as well. Can you elaborate yeah, yeah. a little more on that and the impact yeah, yeah. that? So we have worked with a number of healthcare startups building their uh, products, uh, their platforms. Uh, one product that we built was uh, for, um, and this was way, way, way back in around 2003 for transcriptions for physicians, because as you know, like physicians have to take a lot of data and then input into the the system. And um, now I think they have different systems. Back then, uh, the physicians had to dictate uh, the patient's visit, and then it used to get transcribed and entered into the system. And then we also built, it was almost like an electronic health uh, record for the citizens of British Columbia. So in Canada, obviously, as countries are digitizing their healthcare system, British Columbia as a province was the first one to do that in Canada. And um, we were part of that whole uh, program. And that obviously impacted 5 million residents of British Columbia. But then the same system was then later adopted Canada-wide and then uh, was adopted elsewhere in other countries as well. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, technology building for healthcare, for hospitals and things of that nature, uh, you know, I have uh, spent about a decade or so in, in that environment. Wow, I think that's so cool because when we think of healthcare, we think of people who have the the direct patient care impact. But mm-hmm. really, you have you help us to have a bigger impact through that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is the feedback you get from people who are or organizations who are using your technology for EMR? Because as as I've mentioned to you before, sometimes people find it to be a source of their burnout. Sometimes, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's hard for me to think about going back to paper and pen because we've been doing electronic yeah. charting. Um, but I can see both sides. So, can you can you tell me a little bit about yeah. that? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that I I was just having similar conversation with another physician. They said, you know, uh, building an EMR is no no. Uh, you shouldn't be taking credit for it because it has a <laughs> a bad reputation. Um, and what I told them is that you know. Um, the way that industrialized society has been set up, you know, we have created silos of uh, expertise. So an engineer only thinks thinks in an engineering point of view. And when they construct a piece of technology, they are constructing it from their point of view. Like, how will they use it? And so the problem is that we haven't created a smooth information flow between the engineers and the end users who are going to use that technology. So the the sense of user experience and the flow, uh, it has been lost in many in many cases. Even 
I have been guilty of building systems that were very engineering focused. But as you can see, like in, in technologies like the iPhone or some other technologies that have really been adopted um, at a wider scale, uh, they really focus on user experience. They really focus on building technology in such a way that technology is almost transparent or out of the way of the user. And it's very, very easy. So we also have to recognize that technology itself is a it's a very new industry, relatively speaking. Um, you know, the Internet was just sort of. Uh, introduced to the world in 1990. So that's like less than 25 years. And if we talk about other industries like automobile, construction, oil, these industries have been around for centuries, right? Yeah. So we still have a long way to go. I, I, you know, we, you can say we are sort of the first or second generation who are going through digitization. So it's like a big sort of a giant experiment we are going through. So we get the latest and greatest technology, but we also have to be like, you know, facing the challenge of helping others to improve it. I yeah. hope that answers the question. Yeah, I love how you put that, actually, because no one's ever explained it to me that way. And I can appreciate that more. So it's almost like we have to be compassionate with the technology because it's here and it's here to serve a good purpose, but it's still very fresh in a way. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and maybe the only way it's going to improve is you getting the feedback yeah. as well from the end user. Have you ever considered or have you ever had like healthcare provider input directly on? Uh, see, th that is that is that is the main challenge in every field these days. Every field is like that because it's a, such an interconnected world. Let's say, you know, you're talking about filing taxes. You know, mm -hmm. you have to have the tax attorney. You have to have somebody who can who understand what forms to fill. You know, you probably sure. need somebody to manage the funds. But generally speaking, as the you know, the complexity of the organization increases, none of these people talk to each other, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then they always wonder, you know, why are we making mistakes? You know, what is happening? So yes, uh, you know, specifically for, for my company, when I had this realization, we try to bring all the stakeholders on the, on the table to get their feedback. We try to follow the user around in their daily life and see, okay, what are they doing actually? Like, how are they entering data? Who, so that we can get a sense of that. And then we also have a big feedback loop of after deploying the technology, okay, you know, tell us how things are going, how can we improve it? And this comes with experience and not a lot of companies do that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But then again, I don't want to like blame them for uh, something. It's just a process that people discover and some people get there faster. Some people get there slower. There constraints are everywhere. I'll I'll give you a quick example. Uh, you know, another uh, quick yeah. example. Like, whenever I have visited a doctor, they write a prescription. I could never read it. Right. I could never understand what Still it the said. case sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the pharmacist can understand it quickly, right? True. So now it's the same scenario where the patient has no idea what what is being prescribed and what I'm I'm having. But it impacts the patient quite a bit. It's the same scenario where the techno, the person building the technology and the person consuming the technology, they are not talking to each other. And so um, that, that is the missing gap. And we need to fill that gap. A lot of people are doing it, but it still, it still uh, needs a lot of improvement. It takes time, I imagine, for sure, now that I'm speaking to you. And you're explaining it so wonderfully, actually, in a way that I, I totally understand now. So you said you, you've created systems for organizations. Have you done the same on the patient side of things, like a patient portal system uh, and ways for them to communicate or document 
their yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember like one one particular one was um, where we were helping cancer patients for uh, helping them go through their oncology journey, and it was just a big eye opener for me because you know obviously you hear the the stories of people uh, having that disease, but what is the experience there? Their experience on day to day basis, you know, how do they like deal with that? How do they how do their family deal with it? You know, uh, I mean, you have to consume so much information and navigate through a, a maze of all these complexity of getting the the right care and uh, build, building that system was a real eye opener about, you know, how, what people have to go through. And so more more and more we learn about, uh, you know, the patient journey, the physician journey, uh, the more you understand it's a very, very complex world. And there's there is mm-hmm. still a lot to be done, but I think technology can really be instrumental in in bringing all these, you know, all these sort of silos together and and um, and really helping improve healthcare. Yeah, because you're right; it is siloed, like a lot of other systems, right, out there. And I think the impression I got when I first was introduced to digitizing healthcare a bit more was that it was going to solve those gaps in that silo and decrease the fragmentation. But in reality, I've always believed we are still like humans are still operating the technology. We still have to use it to its fullest potential. And you talked a little bit about that, about the potential of technology for people to achieve kind of their own maximal potential. Do you think, and I mean, this might be a concern for some people, but do you see like artificial intelligence in the healthcare space actually replacing jobs to some capacity? And if you don't feel comfortable answering, you don't have to, but... No, no, no I, I'll, I'll answer it because the thing is that, uh, you know, as healthcare provider, you you will understand this very well. A huge part of healthcare care that you provide is the connection with the patient. Yeah. Is understanding their background, uh, giving them reassurance, giving them guidance, listening to them. So AI... Um, maybe can help you assist in diagnosis, but it will not be able to replace that human connection, mm-hmm. right? So on the on the flip side of it, um, now you can imagine, let's say AI helps you in doing the mundane tasks, the administrative, administrative tasks, uh, helps you in diagnosis, which frees up a lot of your time to provide the real care that we talk, we talk about, like the care that patients need, which is the human connection. So, in fact, in my opinion, care will become more uh, impactful. It will be infused with more human touch and more empathy. And the the repetitive tasks and the administrative tasks where it's not actually providing the care, but just sort of doing the, the minutia uh, work that is needed to organize things, that can be offloaded to the machines and they can take care of it, right? So... And in every field, it's going to be like that. And AI yeah. is going to disrupt every field. But you have to think about not about losing the job or being replaced, but to augment the job using AI and and to, you know, enhance your human abilities by the by the help you are going to get from the machine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I get that completely. Um, so are they actually using AI? Because I think there's been there's some research being done on in the medical space of diagnosing or clinically reasoning with AI to come to a diagnosis and like treatments. Um, so are are you aware of that? Is that actually happening yet, or is it still more in the research it is. phase of things? No, no, no. It has been ha- like 
the image uh, based diagnosis like x-rays and and things mm-hmm. like that they have been you know medical profession has been uh, incorporating ai to diagnose those type of things since 2010 um the very first sort of healthcare system that we that i was part of was around like 2014 and within about 3 to 4 months of training that ai algorithm was performing better diagnosis than a trained physician with two decades of experience wow so so this was like a a decade ago and now the technology has come so far mm-hmm. that i have no doubt i mean for example chat gpt has already passed uh, a medical exam mm-hmm. and not only that it has passed a lawyer's exam it has passed an mba it has passed you know all, like all of these wow. so you can see imagine imagine you if, if you're running a hospital you have a you have a new uh, physician who has an mba who has um, you know a, a lawyer's uh, a degree uh, who mm-hmm. has uh, you know all of these uh, these different modalities and now that physician can advise a patient about their condition like how much more impactful that advice will be right Wow, like that blows my mind. I'm going to be honest with you the way you described all of that. It's yeah, it's and it's such fast learning and it's amplifying and yeah. Um and I I've, I've been seeing a lot and hearing a lot about ChatGPT. So let's I mean there, you've said a lot of benefits. Let's talk about the concerns about AI. How do we be safe with AI so it doesn't cause harm because I'm assuming that's a possibility. Mm. Um correct me if I'm wrong, but can we talk about how we're we're supposed to be responsible sure. with it yeah so let's let's talk about uh, in general uh, technology right there is no technology that is invented or discovered that is nefarious in itself right the humans use that technology for causing harm so you know take fire for example i can cook with it or i can burn down a home a car i can i can use it to run over somebody or i can go to the grocery store and by my groceries so any technology can be used in in both ways so the idea is not to fear the technology the idea is to fear what uh, malicious users will be able to do with that and uh, to that i say two things right one is uh, again we are in an infancy uh, of ai and as things sort of develop and the dust settles there's going to be some regulations some some controls put in place to avoid such things uh, secondly even if we look at uh, any any worst case scenario let's say you know 2% of humanity is bad and they start using uh, ai for bad purposes we can rely on the goodness of 98% of humanity to counterbalance that and that's how the world uh, works today as well like you know there sure. are people with uh, you know weapons of mass destruction they can they can destroy the planet uh, but then it is it is counter protected by the goodness of other humans and and the rules and regulations and the frameworks that we have developed wow okay that reassures me a little bit more so thank you like you're quite the visionary clearly did you ever think looking back on your life to this moment that did you always have a vision for for the way technology would be used to where we are today or is it no. kind of no uh well i mean yes and no so you know we all have seen um yeah, the science fiction movies and mm-hmm. uh you know star star trek and all that and the funny thing is that 
Star Trek and and you know some of these movies came out in the 60s and around 1990s like you could see many of those things coming to life like you know the flip phones and the mm-hmm. and the things of that nature right like so so it's almost like these movies are showing us what the future will look like and you can then start to say okay oh um maybe we'll have you know teleportation in the next 100 years uh things of that nature so you start to build that vision in your mind and being being inside inside the trenches of building the technology you get a sense of you know when this will happen right but ai has moved along so fast that it caught pretty much everyone by surprise like mm-hmm. we me me uh, as a, as a so called expert in ai i used to think we will be uh, where we are today in 30 years or 50 years right okay. and so here we are in, in 2023 and the exponential growth that is happening because now ai is becoming smarter using its own algorithms right so right. machines are actually making more progress exponentially so that is sort of the singularity event that we thought is decades away meaning you know ai becoming smarter than humans but mm-hmm. i think we are either already there we are actually going through it or we are very close to it in the next 5 years we're going to get there so that has been the the speed has been the surprise uh, but the vision of how it was going to be it is in line with what we saw in in science fiction movies how it will impact the world is again anybody's guess like i'm i'm excited every day about you know seeing how people are coming up with new solutions and how things have uh, improved um for people in in reality like you know i have four patents in ai and and the inventions that i made i saw the impact of those inventions on on people direct impact so so that's the exciting part do you have any i mean i don't know if you could share this but do you have any more coming do you have any more yeah yeah patents that you yeah, thought about yeah That's great. That's yeah, yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to tell me more, but I'm just saying that's awesome. So when it comes to healthcare as well, what one of the reasons why I do this show is to support healthcare providers in their stress management, minimize their burnout risk, like you said, so that we can be more present with our patients, we can be more empathetic, we can listen, we can explain things more clearly. And you kind of mentioned this a little bit about how AI can kind of help out with with clinical reasoning a bit, but also some mundane things that we have to do within the mm-hmm. those spaces of our day um how can ai also assist healthcare providers with stress management with maybe things like meditation and stuff like that see meditation first of all you have to understand what meditation is like it's 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 almost like you know our world is controlled by our subconscious mind and subconscious mind is all built of uh, belief systems and paradigms that we pick up as we go through life and whether we realize it or not and people who don't meditate you know for them their conscious mind and subconscious mind is the same entity mm-hmm. and so they they go about their day um thinking that they are you know making logical rational decisions but the fact is that everything is controlled by our subconscious mind 95% of our decisions are controlled by our subconscious mind and they are in response to the emotional stimulus that we experience so with meditation what happens is like you start to separate the link between conscious and unconscious mind and your conscious mind can start to observe your thoughts and understand where how, where and why you are making certain decisions so bringing in back to ai what 
meditation does is it starts to help you paint a picture of your future and start to see things more clearly start to like you know um bring those realities in life uh, that you're looking for mm-hmm. the one simple exercise i recommend people do it imagine what is your goal for the next month or next year or whatever whatever you are trying to accomplish in your life what happens is we always have a vague idea of what that is so this is a this is an experiment i do on myself and many others go mm-hmm. to chat gpt and ask give it a few sentences about your goal and ask it to write a detailed story about that detailed description of including the places the humans you will meet the experiences you will have i'll give yeah. you a quick example let's say you can say oh i want to go to hawaii for vacation right and if i if you ask me okay you know describe that vacation i'll just probably stop at two or three sentences and say oh i'm i'm going to go to hawaii in maui and i'm going to stay in this hotel and i'm going to go to the beach so that's the extent of my imagination mm-hmm. but now you put in that into chat gpt and say okay write me a like a 2000 word uh, description of my trip to hawaii and you read that to yourself uh, once a day and then you can call me and tell me how you feel after seven days that's the sense of meditation you will yeah. that is the introduction to meditation how you'll feel because in your mind you're already there you're already yeah. experiencing it and now you're interacting with your subconscious mind and ai is actually feeding information into your subconscious mind and making you experience meditation wow and that will induce a bit of a more of a calming state a more um yeah. a more a more positive i don't want to use the word positive so much but more of a a positive outlook in a way um yeah, yeah. Inter- internally as well um th- this is good timing cuz for me that's something i've been thinking about right like you know what what makes me feel good like trying to separate thought and emotion right um in a way or conscious and and subconscious thinking and it's hard sometimes to really elaborate like our imaginations are not like i thought i had a, a sometimes yeah, a really yeah. strong imagination but it's not as vast as sometimes i wish it was so this will be interesting yeah, yeah. for me to try and see if that expands things yeah, more yeah absolutely try it give it give, give me a call after that and let me know how it goes because you will start to see some of these things actually show up in your life yeah like that's physically what I Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. So, and so yeah, I mean, uh, you you could actually make a, a you know, recording of it in your own voice and then just listen to it. And wow. and yeah, it's it's you will you will experience uh, meditation in that case. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I was walking in once into the staff room and I heard I was listening to um a clinician tell a story and he was reading it off the screen and he was reading a story that he put in on chat chat gpt to tell him about a patient um mm-hmm. you know outcome and scenario and i thought it i not, i didn't know it at the time but when i was listening to it i thought it was like a review right it was like a testimonial a real life testimonial from a patient it was so vivid yeah. and that that just what you just suggested reminded me of that and i thought that was really cool exactly exactly yeah, yeah. really cool well where can people connect with you manuj if they want to learn more about you and your work and your mentorship Yeah you can find me on LinkedIn Manoj Agarwal um and uh, uh, my website is the same manojagarwal.com and if you want to connect with me a shorter url is manoj my first name.ca so manoj.ca you can connect with me on my socials or find me on LinkedIn and tell me you heard me on this podcast and how i can help you
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time and I appreciate all you're doing for the goodness of healthcare and, you know, all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward, and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes, and you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jenniferGeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.